Welcome back to the dojo. We've got an awesome guest on today's show. I'm really, really excited about it. If, if you've been following me for a while, uh, especially this year, you know that you know this guy and this team, especially this year, we're we're huge for the kid. Um, we got Mike Bothwell from Furman. So hyped, so pumped. Uh, Furman was one of your sneakiest wagons, especially in Vegas during that Virginia game. That was electric. But uh, no, super pumped, bro. Really appreciate you coming on today. For sure. No, I appreciate you guys having me. You know, um, not to expect the interview I thought I'll ever have. So I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> and it's, uh, well, let's go. We love to hear that. Um, no, yeah, I've been I've been a huge college basketball guy. I mean, this year especially, I tuned into a lot of Furman games. And, you know, I have to say, I kind of fell in love with your game. Obviously, you, you were the go-to guy in Furman. Every time that I watched the games, I was like, all right, I need Mike Bothwell to come out and just put one on their head. Like, I just love the way you played. And I kind of wanted to ask you, you know, growing up in the Ohio area, obviously it's got to be very LeBron forward, I assume. Like, oh, yeah. if you're coming up as a basketball player, it's got to feel very LeBron forward. Um, kind of growing up in that area, do you think that that was something that affected your game? Or is he even in your favorite players? Because I feel... As though if you're coming from Ohio and you're a great basketball player and you have offers coming at you, it's got to be almost LeBron everywhere, right? Like, yeah, if we would have did this interview in my bedroom, you would have seen nothing but LeBron posters in there. So, <laughs> okay, uh, there you go. Stranger things behind me now, but my room is dedicated to LeBron, and he's had the biggest impact on me just because you know I was born in 2000 and. LeBron was in high school at that time. When I first started watching basketball, being under understand basketball was 2003, 2004. That's when LeBron was rookie on the Cavs. So, like, I, everywhere LeBron goes, I've been. Um, and, you know, when he broke our hearts and went to Miami, I I made a decision to stay with LeBron. Like, a lot of my friends was like, you know, I hate LeBron at that time, but I was like, wherever he goes, I go. Like, I've been a – super loyal fan. And I actually played for his AAU team growing up that he still had in Ohio. So like I've been LeBron. LeBron just had a big influence. I had never really tried to like emulate my game off him. Honestly, sometimes how he plays like pisses me off, but <laughs> he's still my favorite of all time. It will never, ever change. If you ask any of my friends, like I'm rocking with LeBron right or wrong always. Do you have someone that you do emulate your game off of? Because I think that's kind of an, an interesting way to look at it, where you kind of have a favorite player, but it might not be someone that you base the way that you play off of. Yeah, I mean, I don't really think I play like anyone. Like, I've never tried to base my game off anyone, but I always like the left-handed players. Like, so you got, like, Manu Ginobili was probably, like, the first left-handed player that I, like, really was like, wow, he's left-handed. I, I like that. Then, obviously, James Hart came around, and – you know, the step back and all of that, you know, kind of comes from him. Um, so I really just – I don't base my game off anyone in the NBA or anything like that, but I definitely like to watch other left-hand players, like when I'm studying film or something like that. You got one? Yeah, yeah. I want to know what the vibe was like going into that Virginia game uh, as a 13 seed, I believe, where yeah. Herman was. Yeah. Uh, what was the vibe like, you know, going into this game? Did you guys – I mean, obviously, I'm sure you truly believed you could win, but you know, what was the energy like? What were what were your thoughts like going into this game? And I just wanted on record that during the selection, what was it, Saturday or Sunday? Yeah, Sunday. when that game popped up, I think I tweeted and I said to everyone around me, I was like, Furman is beating Virginia. I was like, that was the one game in every single one of my brackets I had you guys moving on. So yeah, just talk us through kind of what that was like, the drawing process, and then you know, the game planning, traveling. What what was all that like for you guys? 
Yeah, so like I gotta I gotta take it back just because I'm a fifth year senior and my uh like roommate and everything we've been through farming for five years and every year we were so close to winning the SoCon championship um to the fat point of like it's got it got such such a like a goal of ours our school hadn't made it to the NCAA tournament since 1980 so like it be, wow. it was such a big goal of ours to just win the SoCon that we never really thought about like what comes after that you know what I'm saying so like when we did win that it, we played on a Monday night like we were just on a, a high of that we won the SoCon and then like as selection Sunday started coming around we started thinking wait we gotta play another game <laughs> like we're about to have to play our hardest game in the season it's in the NCAA tournament we're gonna be on national TV we was like wait like that's cool. I don't care who we play. Like, we get to play another game. Like, this is going to be fun. So, um, if you've seen, like, our video from Selection Sunday, like, I tell people all the time, like, I didn't even look to see who we were playing until, like, a couple, like, seconds after. I just got excited because I saw our names pop up, and I saw that yeah. we were going to Orlando. That's the only That's the only <laughs> thing I noticed. And then when I saw we played, we were playing Virginia, you know, we had been watching Virginia, like, just watching basketball throughout the year. Yeah. And I was like, once I started like looking through the film and looking like at their their roster size, like roster like size and everything, I was like, we match up with them. Like we can play against them. You know, they're a really good defensive team. They don't really score a lot. So like, if we can score with them, you know, we might have a chance. And then like, as our coach, our coach is one of the greatest motivators there is. So like, he really got us motivated and put belief in us. And yeah, once we got to Orlando, I think everyone on our team had full belief that we could win win that game. Um, so yeah, but it was just crazy. Like at first, it was just the the weight of winning a, the SoCon was just greater than even the thought of what the tournament was going to be like. And and kind of talk me through that a little bit. I feel like as fans, you know, maybe people that aren't as bought into college basketball and just kind of live for March Madness in the brackets, you really only f- hear about that Power Five experience, like mm-hmm. what the Michigan State locker room looks like, how Michigan State's traveling to the games. Coming from like a mid-major where, you know, having watched a lot of the games, you guys are really sharpening your teeth all year and kind of for the love of the game of basketball. You know, you might not be on on the ESPN Sports Center top 10 every game, but you might have a play that could make it, but you guys just aren't necessarily getting the looks that, you know, the Power Five gets. As like a mid-major coming into March, kind of what is that experience like for you guys as it might differ from, you know, necessarily a Power Five and, and an experience that we don't normally get to hear about a lot? Yeah, so like at a mid-major level, like it all boils down to the conference tournament. You know, like you've seen the Big Ten, ACC, all those Big 12, like, those regular season games, you know, give you tournament um, chances. You know, you can get a big win in the regular season that catapults you into the tournament. As we've seen this year, like, there's teams that made it but were, like, sixth in their conference in the regular season, yeah. lost in the first round of their conference tournament. So it's like it's not as – their conference tournament is important to them, but it's not as, like, do or die. For us, you know, in the mid-major level, like, the conference tournament is everything. So – Everything that you do in the season is to get ready for that. And how the SoCon does it, it's three games in three days. So that's really a big deal, like trying to win that. Um, And then after, you know, you kind of just have that mentality, knowing that you're going to be an underdog. And for us, like we were hearing that we were going to be a 14 seed for like all season, like when they come up with the predictions and all that. So like obviously for us, you want to be the lowest you can possibly be 
Um, so like a 13 seed was like a big deal for our school. I want to say yeah. it was the highest or highest seed that Furman has ever had, which sounds crazy because it's 13, but um, <laughs> still like it was, it's just a big deal. So, you know, you, you kind of develop that underdog mentality, but you gotta, you have to also just have a belief in like your way and your way works. And for us, that was kind of the coolest part. Like, I think I gave our coaches like a validation of like, that their way and their culture that they've built works because they've been going on it for a while now, but like it never really got to like that, that level, uh, you know, that national attention. So mm-hmm. just getting there and we all knew that like that Virginia game was a, a big opportunity for us. And that was one word our coach kept throwing around. It's like, it's nothing but an opportunity. Don't put, oh, put too much pressure on it. Don't overthink it. Like it's just an opportunity and it's opportunities y'all all been waiting for your whole life. So just look at it like that. That's awesome. Mm. Full transparency. Uh, I did, I did take Virginia in that game, so I was pretty bummed out after that shot went in. Uh, and I told him all week, I was like, "Listen, man, it's Furman and it's Mike Bothwell." I literally promise you. And we literally sit down as the game starts, and he's like, "Dude, I got Virginia." And I was like, "Are you shitting me, dude? Are you kidding me?" Man? So I want to know what was going through your head as uh, I forget who had the ball, but Virginia is cornered, you know, in the corner and forced it huck it 50 feet in the air. What's going through your head um, as this is all going down? Yeah, so I fouled out in the game with like six minutes to go. It's probably like my fifth time fouling out my whole career. And never in a moment like this had I had ever fouled out. You know, I could go on and on about that, but I'm going a, I'm to, a, you know, stay away from that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I was fouled out, and I've been sitting there for six minutes, you know, just – watching the team, like, scrap their way back into the game. So, like, me, I'm emotional. I'm over here, like, I just want to play another game. I just want to get a chance to play another game. Like, I just not want to go out on the bench my last ever college game. I don't care, like, if it will be a a moral victory or not. I don't care. Like, I want to win. So, when you get down to that last second, it was just a roller coaster of emotions. Like, we took the lead. We were up for a little bit. Then they got the lead back. And it was like, ah, we were close. We just couldn't finish it. I mean, it's gonna be a good, it's gonna be a good game. And then like, so like we was, I was kind of like starting to say, think to myself, like, dang, it's gonna be close. We were close. And then Garrett on our team made two free throws to get it to two. Yeah. And I just I saw them inbound the ball rather quickly. And I was just thinking, like, okay, foul them. Hope they miss. Like they're gonna choke this free throw. Like, hope they miss. And then when I saw them get the trap. I was like, okay, like it was all going by so fast. I was just like, mm-hmm. okay, like foul, like what are y'all waiting on foul? Then when I saw Kihei like pull his arm back to throw it, like I personally like got this like down because I'm thinking he sees their big man all the way open and down on the court, and he's about to throw it down. He's about to dunk the ball. Dude, through that's what I thought too. I was like, when he when like, he cocked it back, I was like, oh shit! To, like that center yeah. definitely cut to half court. Like, yeah, I'm thinking like he's about to catch the ball at the three point line, one dribble between the legs, windmill. Like I'm thinking all of that's about to happen. Our <laughs> hopes is gonna go away. And then like, I was kind of like sitting down because I was like, no. And everybody like on the bench stood up like, <gasps> like what's going on? And I saw Garrett grabbed the ball and passed it to JP. And as soon as I saw JP catch it, I knew it was going in. Like, I knew he was Dude, we did too, dude. I was like, yo, this is March. Like, I literally started screaming, March, March, because it was just such like a March madness moment. Like, he caught that ball a couple Mm -hmm. feet back from the line, and you're like, oh, he's pulling this, and it's going to be water. Yeah. 
And so when he made it, it like just the emotions, like it was such a swing, you know, like getting excited because we came back. Then they took the lead back and think we we're going to lose, thinking that somebody was about to put us on Sports Center for a dunk. And then, whoa, we just went up one with two seconds left. It was just crazy. It was just crazy back and forth. And kind of talk me through that a little bit, too, because I think that's something that, you know, you don't really hear about those conversations as a fan necessarily. But as, you know, a fifth year senior on Furman, the guy all year, kind of the the go to look every single time when you start getting into foul trouble in in a game in March, what's kind of going through your head and what's the conversation you're having with the head coach? Is it just, you know, just go out there and play, right? Or is it, listen, you, you got three fouls already. Like, let's be a little conservative or is it kind of like, what was that conversation you were having with your coach? And also what's going through your head when you get into foul trouble in a game that big, when, when you are the go-to guy and, and it is kind of your team. Yeah. I mean, all coach told me was like, he made sure I was aware of my fouls. Like I said, like I'm barely ever in foul trouble. Like I don't even get two in the first half. Like it's rare that I'm ever in foul trouble. So it was just such a, a different deal for me um, to deal with. And it's just, it was just crazy. Like it kind of like for me, what I had to really battle mentally was just like the self pity aspect. Cause like, I personally felt like, like some of the calls weren't like fouls. So like, I was really getting down on my, like down about it. And I was like angry, but like, I knew I still had to be there for my team. So like when I was out there with the foul trouble, I was just telling myself like, all right, don't foul. Like, don't foul, like stay smart. But Virginia was so, they're so well coached. Like every play that I was in was coming right at me. Like every single time they drew something up that was, that was just daring me to foul them. So, um, and even like my fifth foul was just like genius on their part. Like I was think I was looking to box out, but Clark threw the lob so that like I ran into his guy's legs. Like it was just, they, yeah. they just really good at what they were doing. So, yeah, it was just tough though. Like the toughest part was just the mental, the mental like strength of like still being there for my team, even though I kind of felt like I was getting like served a bad hand. But you know, I I honestly had to just like put myself like below beneath the team because like obviously like I had dreams of going in that game and dropping thirty, solidifying mm-hmm. myself as like the goal. You know what I'm saying? But like it was it was bigger. The game was bigger than that, and I had to like make sure I was there for my team and just do serve in the way I could. I mean, I think that makes it more memorable than if I did with a drop 30. Like, obviously it would be, we'd be having different conversations, but I think just that win and how I was able to help the team, even though I wasn't playing, I think that will stick with me longer than if I would have had like an amazing statistical game, honestly. Yeah. hundred percent. Love that. Love that. Uh, yeah. Did you get any like free cool shit by, by going to the tournament? Do they have anything cool for you guys once you got there? Yeah, I mean, they, well, the coolest thing is they just give us so much like degree and like acts and stuff like that. Like the first day we probably had like four like bottles of acts, like two deodorants, like soap, dove soap. And then like, keeping that was the boys first. fresh. They're like, these, they're yeah, never going to smell bad again. Yeah, it's keeping us fresh. And I'm thinking like, okay, like I've seen this before. I've seen people post this, but then in the second game, we got a second load of it. So I was like, <laughs> how much they think we need? I was like, like, I'm like, I've never had to give away soap to people before, but I think I'm going to have to give some out. Like <laughs> giving out deodorant to family. Yeah. Friends like, yeah. Like who wants some deodorant? Um, but um, that was the coolest thing we got, but like we got some shorts, some t-shirts, some um socks, stuff like that that you know are cool, you know. But I was the coolest part was just all the 
the degree and, and stuff they gave us. I was like, wow, they 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 stocked up on this for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so so I have to ask, right? I mean, in the era of the transfer portal, which you know, I think everyone kind of has their own opinions on whether it's yeah. helping the game, hurting the game, whatever it is. It's very rare to kind of see the loyalty that I think we've seen with you and Furman and, and a guy that, you know, relatively looks like could easily make that leap to play at a power five through the portal, especially in, in this era. What kind of kept you at Furman? Like why, why Mike Bothwell and Furman, why are those two going to go down together in, in the history of, you know, your legacy at, at that school where, you know, when you look at the statistics, you look at the way you play, it seemed as though with the transfer portal era, you could have made that jump so easily. Why why Furman? Why was it always you staying at Furman? I think it's just the way I was raised and the way I, I've always done things. Like for me, I played on two AAU teams my whole life. Like only two different ones. Um I went to the same high school all four years. And I'm telling you, people were trying to get me to because I went to a small private school. So like people were trying to get me to leave every year. I went there for middle school and going into high school, people were trying to get me to go to their schools. Like, but it was just always my thing. Like, no, I'm going to make a, a name for myself here. You know what I'm saying? Um, so when I got to college, you know, obviously with that extra year, I really only had a year to really think about like that. I had an extra year. So like when that, when it came that time of last year ending, we, and the way we ended, I don't know if you guys are familiar, just like with the buzzer beater, how we lost in the conference tournament last year. Mm-hmm. It kind of just didn't feel right to leave, um, even though that was the popular decision. And I got to be honest, like it was people in my family and stuff that like wanted me to transfer, wanted me to go like somewhere bigger. But like for me, like I just went back to like what has always worked for me, like staying loyal, like staying with the people that that's got me where I am today. And honestly, like I really believed in our coaches and specifically Coach Richie, like, no, I didn't think I could play for a better coach that really cared about me genuinely and cared about my progress as a player and person the same way. And, you know, I was thinking, like, if I go to a high major, like, they're only going to use me as a filler probably. Like, they will use me as a role player. And, like, why would I do that when I can be a leader on this team at Furman and make an impact that will last longer than anything I could do at any other school? And, you know, I'm glad I, I stuck it out. But I was really just thinking about just – um, just what I had at the team. And then also my teammates, like, it would have been too hard to leave them. Um, like, mm-hmm. they're, we're so close. Like, we hang out every day, like, always hanging out with each other. So that was just another part of it. Like, we have a, such a close group um, of teammates that, like, it was just all of that mixed in one. And kind of I would love to know, when, when you talk about that conference championship, losing on the buzzer beater the year before, I, I believe, if I'm not incorrect, it was against the same exact team as well, right? Yeah, it was, the same, it was against the same exact team we beat this year, yep. And uh, you went viral for a moment towards the end of the game. If, if you could just kind of, like, talk me through that. Like, what – I like, you know, you said it, you know, March was a great kind of extra chapter on the story, but winning that conference championship and that, and that conference tournament was something that, you know – was going to go down for you as probably one of your greatest accomplishments. Talk me through the getting towards the end of that game because you went viral for a little moment. I kind of want you to talk about it. Um, but talk me through getting towards the end of that game when it starts setting in that, all right, we like we did this thing. Like we did yeah, this so, thing after getting like our hearts taken out of us the year before. We're back here again and, and we're doing it this time. Yeah. So like that conference tournament in itself was a, another emotional roller coaster. Like we were down at halftime of the first of the quarterfinal. And in my career, we've lost twice in the quarterfinals, being the higher seed, like two seeds. 
So, like, it wasn't – it was, you know, it was one of those, like, oh, not again. But we ended up winning that game, having a great second half. In the semifinal game, like, we were down and out. Like, it, was, it wasn't it was looking good late in the game, but we somehow found our way to win in overtime. Wow. Um, so that was crazy. And then we get to the championship game, and that game was a little roller coaster. Like, we were up big, lost the lead. They came back, went up again, double digits, and they kind of chipped their way back. So that game, it's like emotions of that weekend was just crazy. There's just a lot going on. And then when I finally – um, Marcus Foster and our team hit two huge threes to kind of like seal the deal late. And that at that moment, I kind of realized that we were going to win it. And that's when I just started thinking about all the years and all the people that's like been with us all this time and all the former players and all of that. I just started thinking about that on the court. Like, wow, we really did this for Furman. Like, this is this is what we what we set out to do. And like, we're finally getting it done. Like, it's been a long time coming, but like, we're finally getting it done. And the moment I think you're talking about is just when I went to the same spot that I fell yeah. out on court. And, you know, that's not something I thought about doing much, like thought about doing beforehand. But uh, me, I like to I like to keep receipts. So I, my my background on my phone, my screensaver from that game, it was on my phone for 365 days, um, was me watching the confetti fall um, with one of my teammates um from the year before because I just wanted to always remember that feeling I wanted to always motivate me so like I like to I like to remember stuff like that so I, I just when the game was ending I went back to that same spot I, I fell down and and like I, I've told a lot of people like I didn't think any cameras was going to catch that like I didn't really care like I just wanted to do that for me like I wanted to not close that chapter in my life but like I wanted to you know kind of you know erase that memory and that was the whole mission of the year like turning that pain into purpose so we that's what I was basically doing in that moment I was going back to where I had like a big painful moment in my life and turning that same spot into like a joyful place so that was just what that was I love it that's dope like so cool I was just saying like such a like as a as a fan of the team like this year and having known the history of last year kind of that little small moment like it fires you up as a fan yeah. too. like something that you think, you know, the cameras aren't going to catch that, you know, you don't think is as big as it as it might be. But there I'm telling you, there are like little Furman fans out there that kind of watch that. And we're like, yeah, like we like we just got our lick back. And he went back to that <laughs> same exact spot where we lost last year. Like that fired me up seeing like all the clips and, you know, seeing it live and all that stuff. So I just want to say like that moment was just so cool as a basketball fan. Like I feel like you don't get that a lot as as an athlete to, you know, run the same scenario back again. Like uh, I think yeah. a lot of athletes always talk about that, you know, you get that one chance and it's kind of like, damn, if I could do that all over again. And it was cool to see you guys kind of get that opportunity to do it all over again. And then you go back to that same spot, but this time as like a winner and being like, yeah, like this spot was probably living in your head all year. Like you said, 365 yeah. days, like that spot was just like, must've been brutal and to like come back and, and conquer that. That must've been so cool. Yeah, it was it was super cool. And like I said, that was like the whole purpose of the season. Like, obviously, we knew it was a new team. It was a new goals and new everything. But for the returners, like we were all about we knew the, the world was really watching this. Like every it was on SportsCenter like that day, like the shot that happened a year ago was on SportsCenter yeah. that day. Like no, everyone kept remembering that. Like it wasn't going away. So like we had to embrace the truth of that. So like that was just the whole whole focus of just like showing the world that like that pain of that wasn't going to break us. It was going to like shape us into something better. And honestly, like we, I don't think we would have beat Virginia if that shot didn't happen 
again, like mm-hmm. against us last year. So it was just kind of cool how it just came full circle like that. What was it like uh, coming back to campus after mm-hmm. um, after the? I mean, of course, you won the first game, but once once the tournament was over for Furman, what was it like coming back to campus and uh, seeing all the students and faculty that I'm sure were cheering for you guys? Yeah, so we got back at like 1 a.m. that night, um, that Saturday after we lost to San Diego State. So, like, it was people there, though, like when we got off the bus, like some, like, fans and students were there, like, to congratulate us, welcome us home. So that was cool. Um, you know, I can say this on the show. I hadn't been out yet, like, on a weekend. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, oh, let's go. Time. This weekend coming up. It's Thursday, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Thursday yeah. today, yeah, dude. Yeah. You guys yeah. better get ready to get active. <laughs> but, like, even though – like, even on campus, like, professors, you know, students have just been, like, coming up to us, just telling us, like, congratulations and telling us how cool it was and telling us how much fun they had watching our games. And that's that was honestly the coolest part. Like, if you ask me what was the best part about beating Virginia, it's just seeing all the fan support and all the student support um, at our games, like – like if you if you're a real like firm in person, like you know that like basketball has big support, but like not like we had this week, like this this week last week. Like the people, the student center was packed. Everyone was watching our games. Like in my five years, there was never been a time that many people have gathered together to watch any sporting event. No, no Super Bowl, no anything, no NBA, like nothing. <laughs> like, to see that was crazy. And then like this outdoor bar in Greenville was. They saying like shoulder room only, standing room only, couldn't get a drink, couldn't get a food. It was just like you couldn't move in there, like outdoor bar like that. So like to hear about that, like that was many people were coming out. I was seeing snaps from girls that ain't never been to a game, ain't never watched no sport. But they're like <laughs> but they're like at they're at the, the bar, like watching the game, talking about basketball. Like it's crazy. Like it was just crazy to see all that support. Um and it was super fun. It was just it was just rewarding, I would say. And I'll and I'll say it for him. A couple of those girls are going to get slid on on Snapchat. I'll tell you what. After watching the game, um, no. So we 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 always love to kind of end the interviews with with a couple like questions, and then we go into what we call the rapid fire questions, where we ask you a bunch of you know I'll say sillier questions. Um, okay. but before we get there, just a couple like lighthearted questions. Averaging twenty four points per game in high school, like what is that like? Like, do you just walk on to every like floor and just like you just know? that this kid was in algebra three hours ago and you're about to give him like the worst night of his life. Like as a mediocrely bad high school athlete, as someone that was averaging almost a triple double their senior year, like what is that like? Like just being that good? Well, I'll say in in Cleveland, at least really all of Ohio, but like high school basketball is good. And then like in my class specifically, it was like a lot of buckets. Like it was a lot of people for like their respective high schools that was getting off for real. So it felt good to just be in the company with them. Um, but, like, we were all, like, competing with each other. Like, even if we didn't talk about it, like, everyone wanted to have the game of the week. Everyone wanted to have that big game. Mm-hmm. And everybody wanted to get off. And I was just lucky to play with, like, teammates that kind of understood that and kind of, like, got me the ball. And my coach, you know, my coach would yell at me if I didn't shoot the ball 20 times a game, which is not <laughs> my personality. Like I got yelled at if I took player. five. <laughs> So like I was I was you know I was blessed to play for a coach that like believed in me that much but yeah I mean especially my senior year like I I felt every game I was going to that game feeling like I was unstoppable and you know that was that was it was just the work that I put in like kind of just all built into that year and like I was just really competitive with just like other people like I wanted to just be known as one of the top guys so I was you know had a chip on my shoulder 
I got to ask, are you ever aware of what the spread is going into a game? In college? Yeah. Um, not usually not. I usually try my hardest not to be aware of it. I can, I'll say that. I try my but were you like obviously you know going to the Virginia game you guys know your underdogs throughout like the yeah. season because I know um I know I'm sure certain teams you know when you obviously because sports center even talks about it now will say who the favorite and who the underdog is you know when I was growing up that was never yeah. even addressed but now yeah. going into games they might not necessarily say the spread but they'll say you know Furman's an underdog coming into this game like are you guys aware of the games where you're underdogs I mean it's like like you said it's like it's kind of impossible not to because like if you just go on the ESPN app and click on your game like yeah it shows you mm. so it's like it's kind of hard not to I will <laughs> yeah. say though like I honestly forget about it in the game like if I do see what the spread is or whatever like I honestly do forget about it so like I'm never ever like even came close to like point shaving or doing anything like that like I saw yeah, it no, but like I said like before the game before the game, it is like hard nowadays not to see what it is. Like it's everywhere, you know. Like so, um, but honestly, and I heard this after the season, the Virginia game was the first time we were the underdog since our non-conference play, which was kind of cool. Like, wow. We were, wow! We were. I never favorite. realized that we were Even favorite. The times I was single, watching guys, we were the, we were favorite in every single uh, conference game, including the tournament. Like so, that was cool to hear. I didn't hear that until after the season. But that was kind of cool. Like, how did I never realize that? How did I not yeah. know that spread was fishy and they were going to win that game? <laughs> <laughs> That's a great question. Um, so another, like, you know, more lighthearted question: Is there a team in in the conference, um, or even a player that you would be licking your chops when you knew you were playing because you were like, "Oh man, this is just going to be a long night for you." Either a team, an environment or a player in your conference that every single time you played against them, you were like, just lace me up my nicest shoes because somebody's getting buckets tonight. Um, so Furman is in Greenville. Our like rival, school rival is Wofford. So they're like mm. 40 minutes up the road in Spartanburg. Um, you know, you know, we run into each other a lot, just like um, just not being that far away from school. It's like separated. So like, that game has is always like brings another intense like intensity to you. So like there's not like it's not specific players on their team. It's just that game. Like I want to go off every single time I play against Wofford. It's just a rivalry, and it's the same way back. Like they do, they'll say the same thing. So like that's a big rivalry. But as the past two years, Sanford in our conference, um, especially playing at Sanford, is. Like, their environment, like, y'all, if y'all haven't seen it, like, their pitchers, like, y'all have to find the pictures of our game against them this year. It was the last game of the regular season, and it was packed. And their student section is ruthless. Like, they're there before <laughs> they get there. And, like, I've never played in camera indoor, but I imagine, like, Sanford's, like, a JV version. Like, they're crazy. So, like, that's what kind of gets me going. Like, it doesn't really necessarily be the other players – it's when the crowd's loud and when it's packed that that turns me up. That makes yeah. me want to go off. Like when I just see a bunch of fans in the building, home or away, that's when that's when I think I like turn go through like a different level. Yeah, that's that's when the, the flip gets switched. You want to go to rapid fire? Oh uh, yeah. Do you have one? 
sort us off. All right, so Mike, this is this is what we call rapid fire questions. We're just gonna ask you a bunch of really simple questions, and you just got to give us your answer. Sound good? Yes, sir. I can do that. All right, here we go. Shower or bath? Shower. Okay, good. We have a bath guy here. I just want that said. Um, every time we do the rapid fire questions, the first question is shower or bath because yeah. we have a bath guy. And I feel like you don't need a lot of bath guys. So I want to introduce yeah, you to um, probably your first bath guy. Oh, wow. Okay. That's interesting. Okay. <laughs> um, God damn. No shame. No shame. No shame. Pizza or burgers? Pizza. Okay. LeBron or Jordan? So obviously, LeBron. you know, I thought, I thought this yeah. answer might be a little tough, but weird. It kind of heard your answer. LeBron or Jordan? LeBron. A deep three or like a dirty layup or dunk? And by dirty, I mean like you put some kid in a blender with like a euro or you spun on him. A deep oh. three or a dirty layup? Oh, uh, a, a deep three if it's a layup. If it's a dunk, I'm taking the dunk. But Okay, yeah, let's go like a dirty dunk. Like you just hit someone with it and you just. Yeah, dunk for sure. All right, we'll sure. go with the dunk. Nike or Adidas as a hooper, which one is better? Nike. Okay. Never won Adidas. Drake or Travis Scott? Ooh, Drake. Drake. Let's go. Dude, I knew I liked you, Mike. I knew I liked you. Um, wait, can I like ask you about Drake a little bit? Yeah, go ahead. Do you have like a like favorite album? Favorite album. Mine is views. I don't know if that's basic. Views is fire. Me. Views is good, but I like like even older Drake. Like thank thank me later. Yeah. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah. Vintage Drake. Vintage yeah. Drake is yeah. wild. Yeah. Um is firm in a party school, yes or no? No. Damn. But this weekend, I hope, is fun. <laughs> it will be. It will be. I can say that. Um, beer or liquor? Liquor. Um, I mean, that, that'll do it for the, for the rapid fire questions, Mike. We really appreciate you um, for coming on. This was an interview we were really looking forward to. I mean, if, if, if they've been following me this year, even the guys in the house know that I've been talking about Mike Bothell all year. So this is just crazy for me as well. So we just wanted to... Uh, thank you again for uh, for coming on. And uh, before we sign off, let the people know where they can find you. And if, if you got anything interesting going on, let them know. Yeah, um, you can find me on Instagram at Lord of the Courts. Um, it's a long story. We can talk about that uh, another time. But Lord of the Courts at Twitter, Mike Bothwell underscore three. Um, right now, I'm just in the process of picking an agent for my pro career. So just, just going through that process and um, – Anybody, anybody out here have any Chipotle connections? Hit me up. That's my favorite place in the world. Anyone knows me knows that I go crazy about Chipotle. I probably go twice a week. So bowl or burrito? Yeah, bowl or burrito? Bowl, bowl. I get the same thing every time. Bowl. <laughs> well, yeah. What's what's the order? Let's hear the order. So when I we get, pitch to I Chipotle, extra, we can be like, I "Listen, extra, this is the Mike Bothwell order." Yeah. I get extra white rice always. Chicken, no beans, no meat, it's nothing like that. I get corn, sour cream, cheese. And the special, special ingredient is the vinaigrette dressing. Got to get the vinaigrette dressing. Dude, so I've heard it. about this. This is like not the first time I've heard yeah. about this. There's yeah. this guy on TikTok that every time he gets Chipotle, he's like, and if you don't get the vinaigrette, you're losing. Wow. Yeah. I might yeah. try that out. Then hey, who's, winning the, uh, who's winning the NBA finals? Uh, I think don't the say Suns, the Lakers. The Suns are going to get it. The Suns are going to win it this year. <laughs> the guy after your own heart. Wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, no, but we really appreciate you coming on, Mike. Um, the last question I want to ask you before we wrap is what's next for Mike Bothwell? I know you said you're getting ready for your pro career. Is that, is that the next step we're looking at? Yeah, that's the next step. I also want to get into some sports media, sports broadcasting. 
So uh, once I'm done with my pro career, that's when I'll like start doing that full time. But I've done some stuff at school with that and trying to practice and get some uh, tapes together and all that. So trying to balance that, but definitely going to prioritize my time and trying to become the best pro I can be and get in the best situation for my rookie year. So looking forward to that. Well, we wish you all the best, man. Um, keep in touch with the sports media stuff, obviously. Uh, we're definitely going to have to have you on again because I totally forgot to ask you about the Lord of the Court. So that's going to be yeah. the first question we do with Mike Bothell, part two. But thank you so um, much for coming on again, man. We really appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Thank you guys for having me. No problem, brother. Appreciate you. <clears throat> Great kid. Um, can't wait to see what he does with his career. Interested to see what he does with the sports broadcasting. So I kind of want to stay in touch with him a little bit to see how that goes. I remember at the end of their last game, uh, the Furman media guys gave him the mic and let him interview one of the players on on the team. So that That's was right. cool. Yeah, so looking forward to see what he does with that. We really appreciate him for coming on. Uh, if you guys have any guests that you'd love to see on the show, drop them in the comments, either on TikTok, Instagram, you know, Twitter, YouTube, wherever you guys want to comment them. Because uh, we're looking to try to get some more guests on, maybe some people that you guys are interested in talking to. I know we have a couple people in the chamber that we're waiting to reach out to, but um, yeah, I mean, great episode. I loved talking to him. It was weird for me, at least a little bit, you know, getting to interact with a mid-major player that I feel like I just wagonized all year a little bit. Yeah. So it was interesting to kind of like meet the person behind behind the prop. Meet the person behind stealing my units and sucking the soul out of me. Okay. Mike, <laughs> I hope you already tuned out after your interview because you didn't deserve all that. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, this has been another episode of uh, the TFM Bets Show. Baseball season is upon us. So by the time you hear this, the first games will have been played. I'm not going to lie, dude. I got in the lab last night, and I already have a three-teamer. I already have a four-piece. Is the over in the Cardinals game in it? No. Oh, okay. I like that, though. That's my first leg. I like that. Okay. Well, by the time they hear this, that game probably finished one to two. So <laughs> that's good stuff. Um, no, yeah, but this has been another episode of TFM Bets. We really appreciate Mike for coming on. And um, we look forward to catching you guys next week on Monday. We'll be seeing. Be safe.